0: nick abbott on lbc call 0345 more of your thoughts on the uh, excel bully issue and whether you think that i have uh, perhaps gone a little bit over the top and um the number is 0345 6060 973 but first let's go to america washington dc simon marks awaits hello simon evening nick so it's been an interesting week for Joe Biden. He has um, uh, become engaged in the Middle East, and am I right in thinking that um, some Republicans are uh, angry with him because of his uh, policy of uh, this, uh, this, uh, these attacks in the Middle East? Not because he's doing the attacking, but because he's not attacking them enough.
1: Yes, I mean, he's being assailed from all sides. Uh, He's facing criticism from some Democrats on the left of the party up on Capitol Hill who are criticising him for doing the attacking. But he's also facing criticism from hawkish Republicans uh, who are now accusing him of appeasing Iran because he's not directly attacking Iran, having blamed uh, the mullahs in Tehran for last weekend's drone strike that left three American troops dead in Jordan, and scores of others injured, some of them suffering from uh, traumatic brain injuries. So on Friday, shortly after uh, the bodies of those three slain troops were repatriated and flown back to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware, President Biden and the First Lady on hand to oversee that uh, ceremony as they uh, returned to American soil. Shortly thereafter, the American reprisals that we had been expecting for a week began uh with B1 bombers and uh other Uh, 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 pieces of equipment uh, attacking uh, Iran-linked targets in Iraq and eastern Syria, but not attacking targets in Iran themselves. Now, the administration says that that drone strike last weekend in Jordan was orchestrated by uh, an Iranian proxy, uh, and as a result, that's why the response is targeting Iranian proxies as opposed to uh, firing at uh, iranian soil itself but uh, hawkish republicans are saying first of all that the president telegraphed his response and there is truth in that certainly both president biden and the uh, recently rediscovered defense secretary lloyd austin back at his post at the pentagon after that mystery disappearance over christmas relating to his uh, prostate cancer surgery that went badly wrong uh both indicated that there was going to be this kind of a response against targets uh, in Iraq and Syria, Uh, and some Republicans are calling for the President to attack Iran directly, but notably not all Republicans. There's a split in both parties on this. You've got Democrats on the left saying you shouldn't be going after the Houthis in Yemen, along with support from the British, uh, because uh, there's no strategy there for resolving uh, the crisis over the long term, and you're running the risk of widening the conflict in the Middle East. You've got hawkish Republicans saying you ought to be attacking Iran directly. And then you've got the Donald Trump wing, the Make America Great Again isolationist wing of the Republican Party that says, this is all an awfully long way away. What... American interests are involved in all of this. Why should we be getting sucked into conflict at all? I think the real issue facing President Biden is that he hasn't explained his strategy to the American public
0: at all, and pressure is now mounting on him to do that. A cynic might think that, uh, as he's uh, trailing in uh, many of the polls, that uh, a little light war uh, might actually do him good. Yeah, and and that's possible, but really
1: a little light war has to be accompanied by an explanation of how you are going to avoid a widening conflict. I mean, President Biden last Tuesday, I think it was, over the roar of Marine One's rotor blades as he prepared to head off on the campaign trail, said that he had no interest in being uh, involved in a wider war in the Middle East. We don't seek, he said, to widen the conflict. But look, the conflict is widening. This is a country that is now dropping bombs on three separate countries, Yemen, Iraq and Syria to the fury uh, of the authorities in all three of those countries. Um, It's a country that is indirectly attacking Iran and at no point has the president addressed the public and explain to them how he's actually going to avoid the wider war that he says he wants to avoid. We saw the National Security Advisor, uh, Jake Sullivan, who is absolutely running all of this from uh, the White House on television here today, saying that there are going to be more attacks. He wouldn't be drawn uh, on whether the idea of hitting Iran directly is off the table, uh, although it seems pretty clear that it is at the moment. Um, All of this, of course, raises the question of what is going to happen if those proxies of Iran and Iran itself start responding in kind and this all becomes a a spiralling issue. If you want to get Americans on your side for this kind of campaign, you've got to explain to them why you're doing it. I mean, I think you could stop. 10 Americans, I mean, maybe not on the streets of Washington, D.C., but certainly on, uh, you know, the streets of Poughkeepsie and ask them to find Yemen on, in an <laughs> atlas and they wouldn't be able to find it. They've no idea why the United States and the U.K. are engaged in this action because no one has yet really explained it to them.
0: I bet if you ask them to find the U.K. on a map. <laughs> find the U.S. on the map. <laughs> now, Joe Biden has been on the campaign trail. How's it going for him? well he had a i mean he had a
1: good weekend in that he romped to victory of course he did uh, in the south carolina democratic primary with 96.2% of the vote wow uh, i was talking to a friend last night who was saying it was all very um uh, sort of uh, redolent of um soviet gerontocrats mm. you know uh, winning uh, elections in places like azerbaijan with 98% of the vote <laughs> yeah uh, look i mean he faced no real opposition Marianne Williamson this um, uh, sort of woo-woo spiritual author captured 2.1 percent of the vote and Dean Phillips the young the younger uh, congressman from Minnesota who's trying to uh, stop Joe Biden from becoming the Democratic Party's presidential nominee only won 1.7 percent of the vote so his campaign to stop Biden in his tracks is going absolutely nowhere so the good news for Biden is he romped to victory in South Carolina the bad news, and it's actually quite bad news, is that only four percent of Democrat voters bothered to turn out. Now, you can argue they didn't bother to turn out because they knew Joe Biden was going to win, so what was the point in going to the polls? Mm. But you can also argue that in South Carolina, and you and I were I was there last week when we were when we were having this conversation a week ago, the African American community particularly in South Carolina is deeply underwhelmed by Joe Biden's presidency, and one could suggest that this is a portent of problems ahead that if he couldn't get more than four percent of democrats to turn out in the primary how's he going to gin them up to turn out in november it's also worth making the point that when donald trump won the iowa caucuses joe biden said it was an irrelevant outcome because only 14 percent of republicans participated in that process in iowa Mm. well he's won in south carolina And only 4% of Democrats bothered to participate in that primary. So, he's, he's, you
0: know, it's not just a clear-cut big win for him. Now, I've I've read, I think it was probably in the Washington Post, that um, Joe Biden had actually edged ahead of Donald Trump in some polls, and they were putting that down to uh, the female vote, women getting increasingly turned off, Donald Trump by the the revelations of the court cases uh, particularly um Eugene Carroll and uh but then I read other polls which say that um, that Trump has uh, a, an increasing lead. So yes. where's the truth in
1: that? Well, uh, that's the question, isn't it? Where is the truth? And the answer probably is somewhere in the middle. I mean, this is why Joe Biden says when he's questioned about the polls, uh, he always says to reporters, you're reading the wrong polls. Well, the right <laughs> poll for Joe Biden is the Quinnipiac University poll that was published four days ago, and which says uh, nationally, uh, in a match-up, straight, you know, rate head-to-head rate between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, a rematch of the last presidential election, uh, then uh, Joe Biden has a six-point lead over Donald Trump. Joe Biden 50%, Donald Trump 44%. But if you look at two other polls that have been published within the last few days, a CNN survey uh, and an NBC survey, both of those show Trump with a national advantage over Biden. Trump four points up over Biden in the CNN poll and five points up in the NBC poll. And and all of these are, you know, respected polls. So um, th- this is, uh, you know, some of these polls are obviously with the four-point poll, obviously, is within the margin of error. Mm. The Quinnipiac The poll is beyond the margin of error and suggests that Biden has the lead. I mean, from the White House perspective, this is all still pretty bad. I mean, the idea that this race is even close. Uh, has to be explained at some point by the President and the people uh, that are running his campaign, but certainly that Quinnipiac poll and others that show Biden ahead allows them to say to reporters you're reading the wrong polls, look at the ones that show that Joe Biden is winning. Um, They would obviously at the White House like to be enjoying a much more comfortable margin uh, of advantage over uh, the former President uh, in those polls where Joe Biden is ahead. Um, and I think we're just going to have to keep tracking all of this in the weeks, or inevitably in the weeks and months ahead, as we hurtle towards uh, November the 5th, Guy Fawkes night there, election night here. Uh, and this rematch that, of course, millions of Americans would much rather were not actually taking place. I mean, the yeah. idea that you've got 300 million people in this country and you end up with Joe Biden and Donald Trump facing off for the presidency Again. is not an outcome. I mean, mm. I, I don't know a single American voter that thinks that's the best possible outcome for this country.
0: Has there been any research into um, uh, burying down in the numbers? Because the the president... Is not decided on how many votes are cast in his or her favor. It's uh, much more complicated than that, isn't it? It's each state yes. then has, um, I can't remember what the, what the phrase is, but they have their uh, in represent- the electoral college. Electoral yeah. college, exactly, exactly right. So even if you get more votes than your competitor, you might still lose, as Hillary Clinton will tell you.
1: Yes, exactly, and that's why these national polls, to some extent, are not that interesting because you're absolutely right. It's not one on the popular vote; uh, it is one based on that extraordinary institution that we have to explain every four years, normally in October, the electoral college, which is sort of the middleman that exists between the American voters and the final outcome of the election. And mm-hmm. as we all know, because we, we we talk about this every four years. The election is won or lost in a handful of battleground states, including places like South Carolina, like Michigan, where President Biden was campaigning this week, facing very strong headwinds because there's a large number of Arab American voters there. In the Quinnipiac University poll, women backed Biden 58 percent to 36 percent nationally now. That might be very good news for him, because we know that Pennsylvania is an absolutely crucial battleground state. And within Pennsylvania, the suburbs of Philadelphia, with a substantial female population, are all important. So, if you take that national figure, 58% of women backing Biden, and you apply that to the Philadelphia suburbs, you might conclude that that could give Joe Biden a bit of hope of of taking Pennsylvania, which is one of the states he would really uh, like to win. Uh, But equally, if you look at some of the other results, uh, and you apply them to places like Florida, you know, where the Democrats are generally in pretty substantial trouble, uh, there might be very bad news emanating from the sunshine state for Joe Biden. But you are absolutely Absolutely right. In the sense that we put too much focus on these national voter surveys. What we ought to be looking at is the surveys that are carried out in the battleground states. And there, the alarm bells have been ringing for Joe Biden uh, for several months now, because there are multiple surveys that suggest uh, that in some of those battleground states, Donald Trump enjoys uh, a fairly significant edge.
0: Despite the fact, as we've said before, the economy in America is going great guns. He just uh, added 350,000 jobs in one month. You have uh, a an interest rate, an inflation rate rather, that is the envy of pretty much the whole of the rest of the world. He must be thinking, what else do I need to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think that that economy news on Friday is an object lesson in how the White House is failing to capitalize on good news. 350,000 new jobs created, which completely defied all the expectations of economists, of Wall Street. I mean, the number was absolutely incredible. And yet, what also took place on Friday, late in the day, was the unleashing of the response against Iraq and Syria for the killing of those service personnel uh, in Jordan, which then obscured the ability of the White House to capitalise on the positive economic news that we'd all learn at 8 o'clock in the morning when those those jobs numbers came out. Now, Joe Biden on Twitter tonight has uh, put out a an, an animated graphic showing how impressive job creation has been on his watch when compared to all of his predecessors, and certainly way more impressive than Donald Trump, who is the only uh, president uh, on the graphic where you actually see uh, jobs disappearing uh, mm-hmm. over the last, I think, it's five presidents that are uh, shown on the graphic. Um, So he's using social media in a bid to convey that message, but he needs to do far more than that. Um, And, uh, you know, we spoke about this last week, but all of these sort of rather turgid appearances on the campaign trail, where he starts talking about Bidenomics, are not getting through to the public you know, 353,000 jobs being created in a single month. Yeah. There are governments all over the world that would give their eye teeth
0: for Ex- that kind exactly. of an outcome. Yeah, it's, uh, and he it, really
1: I'm, needs to be getting that message
0: across. Yeah, America is an outlier. I mean, it's doing fantastically mm. well compared to pretty much every uh, country that is a competitor to it. And yet... The uh, um, American people seem to trust Donald Trump on the economy, even though uh, Biden, in his uh, term, has bested Donald Trump on every measure as far as the economy is concerned. And yet the American people still trust Donald Trump on the economy more. I, I think perhaps because he has created this fantasy character of a man who is a successful business person. Yes.
1: Well, and a man who who he claims steered the country to tremendous economic success under his presidency. I mean, we do live in a post-truth reality here, <laughs> yeah. and Donald Trump says whatever he wants to say on the campaign trail and the falsehoods come at such a rate that even if the White House was trying to keep up with them, they wouldn't be able to correct them in real time rapidly enough. So, you know, he constantly speak riffs about how, you know, if, if he'd been in office, we wouldn't have had any inflation, uh, the, if we carry on down the path that we're on, you're not going to have a country anymore. Uh, he wants to return the country, he says, to the era of prosperity uh, that uh, everybody was enjoying when he was president of the United States. Now, look, I mean, there were aspects of his stewardship of of the economy, uh, especially as we navigated our way here through COVID-19, that certainly he has some reason uh, to crow about. But this notion that things were sort of, you know, the, the streets were paved with gold <laughs> when he was president of the United States, and everybody is suffering today, is not the facts don't bear that out. But, you know, in many ways, I think the most significant thing that happened last week was the moment when the Sesame Street character Elmo took to Twitter and asked Americans how they were feeling. How's everybody doing? He asked on Twitter. More than 20,000 responses in which Americans basically told Elmo they were doing pretty badly. And... It sort of fueled this notion that whatever the reality of, of, of the economic situation here, Americans are just in the mood for change. And that's going to be a big problem for Joe Biden in the months ahead.
0: Maybe Elmo could uh, be the president of the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> He'd win hands down. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Simon. As always, that's Simon Marks, LBC's U.S. correspondent, speaking to us there from Washington, D.C.